0: This morning, I'd like to, on behalf of my entire family, my bride and best friend Kathleen, I want to wish you all a very merry and faithful Christmas for you and all of your families. Before we get started this morning, each of us uh, on your seat, uh, there is an index card like this. So I'd like you to hold on to that. Um, we will use that later in the service. Now some of you expected to hear from Pastor Josh this morning. Pastor Josh and Carrie are on a road trip with Robbie visiting their family out in Ohio this week. So as a church body, we obviously want to pray for them for safety and protections as uh, they gather with their family in the Midwest for Christmas. For those of you disappointed not to have Pastor Josh here this morning, I apologize. I will do my best to bring you a gospel-centered message that I believe God can use in each of our lives. Right now we're on the midst of Christmas Eve and the midst of all the holiday planning, the busyness, the rushing to and fro. This morning we'll try to unpack what that may mean for us. It's a great honor to be able to speak to you this morning from God's word celebrating the miracle of the virgin birth as Jesus became one of us, in Emmanuel, God with us. And as I prepare for this message, uh, this is kind of off script, but I wanted to share this this morning because it was meaningful to me. Last night, Kathy and I watched a program uh, from The Chosen, the the Christmas uh, message. And in there, there was a documentarian that had uh, spoke about You know, when we read about the manger and the baby with swaddling clothes, sometimes we don't make a connection of what the swaddling clothes actually was. The swaddling clothes was actually used as the wraps that they used to wrap the newborn baby lambs in. And when you think about the spiritual implications of the lamb, the lamb of God, It just was amazing to me the little things in scripture that God puts in there that sometimes we blow right by that have significant meaning if we really dig. So as we celebrate God's love and goodness today, today's message is called Packing and Traveling Light. This morning we'll be talking about letting go of some things in this world, the busyness, the expectations that sometimes they can hold us back spiritually if we're not intentional about those things. The video, while funny, captures us trying to cram so much into one space that it's busting at the seams. That is what it seems like to some of our schedules during this holiday, schedule, uh, holiday season. So much to do, so little time. So let's see what Dr. Luke says in chapter one of the scriptures as he speaks to us about letting go of control. If you're new with us, whether you're here present in the church or whether you're tuning in from home, we would like you to participate this morning. So it's no fun without you. So here we go. I'm curious, how many of you would would say honestly that there's at least one area of your life, for some of you, maybe multiple areas, that there's at least one area of your life that you love to control or you feel the need to control? Would you raise your hand up? Okay. There's one person in the back has got two hands up. (laughs) I love the honesty, though. If you find yourself tempted to reach over and lift up the hand of the person sitting next to you, or you want to poke them, you know, I get this every once in a while, I get that, but just understand God is about to speak to you as well about letting go control. We're gonna read a portion of scripture from Luke's gospel as we celebrate the birth of God's son Jesus. This is from Luke chapter one, and I'll start in verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Some of you right now, as we're gathered together, you may be confused or troubled about something going on in your life. You might be thinking, I wish this or that were not happening. Why am I here? I never thought I would experience this. You're disturbed. I can't handle this. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'd like to take control. I need to figure this out. Why in the world is this happening? I never thought I'd be at this point in experiencing what I'm experiencing right now. Mary was troubled. She was confused and perhaps even disturbed. We'll continue on verse 30. Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, and he will be very great, and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob, Forever. In his kingdom there will be no end. Amen. Mary asked the angel, How can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby will be born and will be holy. You'll be called the Son of God. And Mary responded, This is not convenient for me. (laughs) It's not in my five year plan for my goals. You have no idea. If this happens, I'll be pregnant in my wedding gown. I paid a lot of money and I wanna look good for my wedding photos. (laughs) Now, that's not what Mary said. Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you said about me come true. There's another version translated something like this. It says that Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. And then she quotes the Beatles, Let it be, let it be unto me according to your word. In all seriousness, let's think from a practical measure. For those of us who've been through the engagement process and the wedding planning, put yourself right in the midst of this scene. Mary's engaged to be married to Joseph. How does uh, does Jesus' mother handle her disappointment when her wedding wouldn't be happening exactly as she hoped? How would she process her unmet expectations? I know my wedding was over 40 years ago, but I still remember the days leading up to the wedding and the excitement that we can finally live our life together. We had hopes, expectations, that finally the 200-mile gap between us from Connecticut to South Jersey would be bridged. Now, the biblical account says when the angel first told Mary she was pregnant, she was initially perplexed and perhaps confused, saying, how will this be? In that troubled and confused state, the angel Gabriel speaks to Mary explaining the son that she was carrying is special and holy. He's set apart for divine service. This was God's plan for her. Mary responds to the news through the disappointment, through the shattered dreams, and through the unmet expectations by adjusting her perspective by saying, I am the Lord's servant, let it be according to your word. She moved from questioning to acceptance and chose to trust what God was saying as the plan for her life. My mother-in-law said this many times in her life. Uh, She may have been disturbed or confused and said, let it be. With her faith in God, she knew that all things would work out in his way to his glory. Mama D raised 14 children, and so she said this a lot. (laughs) Raising 10 girls and four boys, there were many days of being disturbed and confused. (laughs) But she didn't waver and allowed God to carry her burdens, letting it be with him. God can do more with your surrender than what you could ever do with your control. Now let's take a moment and look at Joseph's side of this situation. Picture Joseph engaged to Mary, and he had plans and expectations for their future as well. So to the guys out there, put yourself in Joseph's shoes. When you find out your fiance about whom you're to marry is with child, she's pregnant. What do you, what's your thoughts? Joseph decides he must break off the engagement. She must have been with another man. She must have been two-timing me. But he decides to do the honorable thing out of his love for Mary, to do so quietly and minimize the gossip and the shame that would come upon Mary. But then Joseph has an encounter with the angel himself, telling him, Mary has not been unfaithful to you and go forward with the wedding, that the pregnancy was from God. Impossible as it might have sounded to him for Mary to be a virgin yet still pregnant. Joseph trusted and believed And he responded in faith. Perplexed and confused, yet both Mary and Joseph moved towards faith and trusted God. Now, I'm not a mind reader, but I can already tell that there's some of you out there thinking, this is a perfect message for my friend, my sister, my mother-in-law. I'm so glad they're going to hear this one. Many times we've listened to messages and our first thought was, I wish so-and-so was here to hear this message. Now, all along, God is trying to get our attention to apply it to our own lives. Some of you are thinking right now, I'm not controlling. I'm just aggressively helpful. (laughs) Or, I'm not controlling. I'm just thoroughly organized. Or, I know what's best for everyone listen some of you are wound so tight you make the coffee in the connection center nervous (laughs) you want to control everything parents with kids you know you, you they certainly know it you want to control what they look like where they go where they hang out what they do where they go to college on and on and on now don't get me wrong some of that's plain good parenting but some of us need to You know, allow our kids to fly from the nest as the Lord leads. And that can be difficult. How about your spouse? Some of you, you're wearing each other out. How you chew, what you eat, whether or not you use a knife, how you dress, does the color scheme match, what you say, what you want, where you go, what you spend, how you load the dishwasher, how you vacuum. Of course, vacuuming is important, and it must be done with parallel lines, (laughs) never crossing. You must get all the way up to the edge of the carpet, and if you don't do that, you're not honoring God (laughs) in the right way. (laughs) We must vacuum right, folks. We wanna be in control. Now we interrupt this service for a message from our sponsors. Are you getting on each other's nerves? Are you looking to move your marriage from good to great? Well, there's good news. Trinity's marriage ministry and reengage marriage workshops will begin at the end of next month. Check out the Trinity bulletin board for more information on this new year. Reengage, brought to you by Trinity Marriage Ministry. Now, back to our regular scheduled service. Okay, and a shameless plug. Uh, in all seriousness, Reengage has been a tool that God has used in my life, in my marriage, and perhaps you can benefit as well. Let's continue. Now, some of you are really want to control what people think about you. Controlling self-image is very important to you. Social media is your greatest re- weapon. You get to show them what life really is or isn't. You see a filtered and edited life. It took you 37 attempts to get that Christmas photo by the tree. You almost gave one of the kids away with a grandkid as a bonus. It was chaotic. And of course, I'm talking about myself on vacation just a four, few four short weeks ago. There, there's my crew. Now this photo may look Sweet, but you have no idea. (laughs) Let's leave it at that. It's funny, because the more we try to control, the more we fear of losing control. And the more we fear losing control, the more we want to be in control. That's why today, what I want to do is to give you just one thought, one big idea, a simple thought to remember, but not a simple thought to live. To live this out, it takes faith, but on the other side of your f- faith, let me promise you, you'll always see the faithfulness of God, a God who is with you. The big thought, the takeaway is this. You don't always have the power to control, but you do have the power to surrender. Yes. Let me say it again. You don't have the power, always have the power to control, but you always have the power to surrender. You don't have the power to control and make others what you want them to do to make them behave like you want them to behave, to get your finances in line or your future set up or the health where you want it, to have your kids do everything you want them to do. You don't always have the power to control, but you have the power to surrender. When we talk about this, the angel appears to the Virgin Mary, a lot of people hear this and they think, well, it was easy for her, she was Mary. After all, she's the mother of Jesus. There's churches and cathedrals named after her. She's the Virgin Mary. Let's pause right there. When the angel appeared to her, we have to recognize she was an ordinary, everyday, average teenage girl. She was a regular kid. Some theologians say that she was somewhere between the age of 13 and 16 years of age. She had hopes and dreams just like any other teen girl. How many young ladies here this morning are between ages 13 and 16? All right, we have a few. Could you imagine yourself in the place of Mary right now? Today, if you experience what Mary experienced, how would you respond? Would it be, let it be? Mary, like anyone her age, was just like you. She was dreaming about getting married. She didn't have as many options as you all do. She couldn't snap the cute guy she met at youth group or at Camp Spofford. Uh, there was no match.com. She couldn't go on Christian Tingle, or Mingle, or whatever the latest version's called. (laughs) She's, She's got a limited community to choose from, and she would be like any other girl her age. She wouldn't want a guy with a simple, basic, few qualities. Women don't really have a lot they are asking for, just the basics. So, see if you agree with this top list that I put together, a few simple things Mary may have wanted. Someone who was likely, who was strong and handsome, someone who was charming and drove a nice donkey, a newer model that's reliable, nothing fancy, a good job that pays well, a man with a bright future, someone with pep. Now, you might be asking, what is pep? positive earning potential. (laughs) Someone with strong hands, yet a soft heart. Someone who would be close to mom, but not a mama's boy. She wanted a guy who was bold, yet humble. Someone who was decisive, yet flexible. A guy who was well-groomed, but not obsessive. Yet he was easygoing. Someone who made her feel safe. Someone who liked chocolate-covered strawberries, and long walks on the beach and romantic movies. Most of all, she wanted a guy who was godly. This would be the man who'd be the daddy to her children. You know, I'm just making this up, but she had dreams. You know, she'd meet him, she proposed to her on the Bethlehem Bridge, and the photographer would get the perfect Instagram moment. They'd be married at Jerusalem Gardens. And, you know, down by the waterfall, they would slow dance to Thinking Out Loud by Ed Sheeran. (laughs) It would be perfect. You know, whatever it is, they'd have two kids, a boy and a girl, one named Joey Junior, and the girl would be Elizabeth or Olivia. They'd have a dog, two cats in the yard, and life wouldn't be too hard. Well, some of you have no idea what that reference was. (laughs) She had hopes and dreams. The angel comes to her and says, no, 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 God has something different for you, perplexed and confused. Some of you, you've had a plan, some hopes, some dreams. You thought the job would be perfect when you took it. You had no idea the company would be eventually downsizing and now you're not sure what you're gonna do to keep your job. You're barely paying the rent right now and it's weighing on you. It could be a relational issue Maybe someone in the family that you're trying to make amends with. Your marriage is struggling. It isn't where you think it should be. It could be the empty chair at the Christmas table this year, a loss of a loved one. It could be a health issue or a financial weight. It could be a number of things. You're perplexed and confused. You didn't think it would be this way. You're somewhat confident You were somewhat like Mary. When you think about Mary, she didn't know the end of the story. She didn't know three decades later that Jesus would be on the cross and that he would die and then God would raise him from the dead and the angels would sing and he'd ascend to heaven and he'd be seated at the right hand of the Father. She didn't know that. And you know what's going to happen in your particular situation? Mary had a choice to make. We have choices to make. You don't always have the power to control, but you always have the power to surrender. She had a choice to make between her dreams and God's destiny. She had to make a decision between her plans and what appeared to be God's purpose. She had to choose between Control and God's calling. And what I love about Mary is this. Even though she didn't understand the plan or the next steps or what it all meant, she trusted that her father had a purpose in all of it. Like Mary, you and I have to surrender. We have to, ha- we will have to give it over. What's interesting to me is that when I think about it, there's no such thing what I would call partial surrender. Either you surrender to Jesus, you're surrendered all in, I give up, it's all yours, or you're not. There's no degrees of surrender like I'm 93.9% surrendered. I trust him to make my past okay, but I can't trust him with my tomorrow or whatever that might bring. I trust him to give me peace, when I'm hurting, but I can't trust him with the provision for the future. There's no such thing as partial surrender. We have to be all in. Can I ask a question? What is our desire to control rooted in? When I look at all the different areas of my life to control, my desire to control is rooted in my lack of faith. For me, the more I try to control, the more I overestimate my ability to control, the more I underestimate the power and the goodness of God. It's not easy because I know everything in the culture tells us we've got to make it happen. If it's gonna be or if it's gonna get done, it's up to me. I've gotta get in there, I gotta be strong, I got to make this happen, but Jesus, says something that's diametrically opposed to everything that our culture says. Jesus says, if you cling to your life, in other words, if you try to be in control, you're actually going to lose it. But if instead we give up our life, surrender it for me, Jesus says, you will find it. In other words, to fully follow Jesus is to surrender control. Let it be. The interesting thing is, surrendering control is not a one-time decision. You know, a long time ago, back in 1972, I surrendered control to Jesus and put my faith and trust in him. But there's something that I've learned in my faith walk, that it's a daily choice. It's a daily choice I must make to give over my cares and concern to Jesus. From time to time, The Lord has reminded me of that. When we look at the world around us, there's many areas of concern for our country. We look at Israel and what's going on in the Mideast, for the decaying godless culture around us. It's why God put us here as salt and light, as his people. We can be concerned of our day-to-day cares for our safety and provision. But when we look at Mary's surrender, it's so interesting that every time she chose to surrender something, she eventually saw evidence of the faithfulness of God. Think about it, okay? You're a virgin, you're you're gonna be pregnant, and I'm just gonna be honest with you, okay? Roll back to 1982, I'm dating Kathy. She comes up to me and says, the Holy Ghost got me pregnant. (laughs) We got problems. I think I'm going to have a few questions. But Mary has to tell Joseph this, and she says, let it be. She surrenders. She doesn't know that Joseph's going to have his own encounter. But then God does send the angel Gabriel, who appears to Joseph in a dream, and says this whole thing's legit. She surrenders, and she sees the faithfulness of God. People around town, you know what they're whispering. Oh, yeah, Mary. Yeah, I saw his donkey over at her house at 2 in the morning. We we know what they're doing there. She's ashamed, and then we'll see what happens. The Holy Spirit confirms it to her relative, Elizabeth. This is of God. And there's some comfort there. You think about whenever Mary is giving birth, she's nine months pregnant, riding on a donkey, can't find a Holiday Inn, no Motel 6, there's no room at the inn. It's not ideal. But she trusts God. He provides a stall, a cave next to farm animals. Again, not ideal, not exactly what the way we would send the king of kings into our world. Then the shepherds show up to worship. Yeah, God is with us. Herod gets, Herod the king gets word. Who is this baby? We've got to make sure he's put to death. Think about this. The king and all the forces want to kill your baby. Every day Mary relies on God. She trusts him with her child. She trusted God. She's on the run, fleeing in Egypt. I trust you, God, I trust you. How do, I, how do you pay the bills when you're on the run like that? I don't know, but I trust you. Three wise men show up and bring gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh to worship the son of God. Now I may be reading into this, but gold I'm pretty sure will help you when you're on the run to buy things. Trust and surrender. Let me ask you a question. I'm curious. What is it that you're trying, that that God wants you to surrender? I can't force you to do this today, but I want to create a special opportunity where perhaps God can do something special. There on your seat, the index card that I spoke about before, earlier, you can take that out. And here's what I'm praying for. If there's a burden on your heart, and I don't know what that might be, um, but I'm trusting God right now that God will prompt you to lay something down, to give up control. It could be a relationship, a marriage. It could be a bad diagnosis, a health crisis. Uh, it could be a fear. Something that uh, you know, just you can't seem to let go. It could be hurt from something that was lost. Could be an addiction you can't seem to be. It could be guilt that you're carrying from something that you can't undo. Sometimes, you know, we all have regrets in our life and we can't undo it, but sometimes we have to forgive ourselves. Whatever it is, I want to invite you to write that down on your index card. Perhaps you never placed your faith and trust in Jesus as your savior. Jesus came as a baby to be celebrated today, but ultimately his mission and purpose was to pay a price for you that we couldn't pay by hanging on a tree, not a Christmas tree, but a bloody execution cross so that our relationship with God that was broken in the garden could be restored. If you're in that place, put that on your card. Put your faith and trust in Jesus today. Walk anew with him on this Christmas. It'll be a Christmas you'll always remember. And please tell someone today if you made that decision so that we can celebrate that with you. So now we're gonna worship God through music at this time as Sam and the worship team comes back up to to play the music. Um, So would you take a moment to write down those cares, a burden, and surrender it to God today. You might choose to give him something that you're wrestling with, something that you're trying to control. Go ahead, write it down in your card, your cares, your concerns, your worries, things that have you anxious, maybe something that's keeping you up at night. Write it down, release it, surrender it. Scripture says in 1 Peter 5, 7, cast your cares, all your worries and anxieties on him, your father, for he cares for you. As the music is playing, you, will you prayerfully come forward and put your card in the box here on the altar. Surrender, what is God prompting you to give up control of today? In a sense, we are symbolically casting our care, our worries anxiety away as we put that in the box, surrendering it over to the Lord, transferring control, we are releasing it. We are being obedient to God's word and he is faithful to meet us in our place of need. Take a moment, give it over to God, surrender to him, Let him lift that burden in your life. Like Mary, we don't know what tomorrow will bring, but we know who holds tomorrow. One that we can trust our tomorrows with. Lay down your cares to the one who is able. What's so special about the story of Mary is this, that the angel appears to her, and what did the angel say? The Lord is with you, who is Jesus. He's also called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And I hope each of you feel that today, that God is truly with you. Right now, you're saying, I choose to surrender this because when you surrender, you choose to trust God and that our God can do more through your surrender than you could ever do through your control. He can do way more. That which is on your heart is always better in his hand. Now your story is not a story about your failure, but about God's victory. You don't always have the power to control, but you have the power to surrender. And the benediction, after the benediction this morning, we'll have prayer teams that will be up front here for you. If you'd like to surrender something in your life, and you'd like someone to help you pray through those things, we would invite you to come. Our prayer teams will be here uh, to, to stand with you. Teams will be on both sides. So take advantage of this as the body of Christ is gathered with you. Let me pray. Father God, we ask you that you would do only what you could do today. Work in the hearts of your people that love you so much. Show them, God, that you are with them, you are for them, you are good, and you are beside them. And God, on the other side of their faith, I know they will see your faithfulness. We may be confused and perhaps perplexed, but God, ultimately, even if we don't understand your plan, even if we don't understand what tomorrow brings, we know we can trust you. We trust your character. We trust your goodness. We trust that you always have a purpose for us in our life. Help us surrender control and leave it with you, Lord Jesus. For it's in your matchless, precious name I pray. Amen.